0: Today, we're going to go back in time to 2015 and look at an article I wrote about Bitcoin at the time. Uh, it was on LinkedIn. Um, so you can see here. Um, here's the article. Oh, here's the article? Ah, here it is. So this was published july 2015 and my prediction was why one bitcoin will be worth one million dollars so what i want to do is to go through the article and see what i got right what i got wrong and just to um, see if the article stands the test of time okay so i had a subheading in there and the subheading was Bitcoin is terrible for consumers, but for the enterprise, it's a match made in heaven. So, um, full shout out to Stefan Holbrook, who works in finance, and um, to Ulrich Freeberg, both of who helped me a lot with the article. This is Stefan, and this is Ulrich. Let's talk about the article now. So I said, my prediction is that Bitcoin will become mainstream but not as a currency. I think I got that right because Bitcoin has gone mainstream now and it's but it's not used as an everyday currency. And then I talked about how Bitcoin's a uh, technology platform in much the same way as Windows or the internet platforms and how every technology needs a killer app to succeed. I said Microsoft Windows had Office and the internet had the World Wide Web. Now, this might sound strange, but the internet was around for like 30 I think maybe 20-30 years before the web came along so the World Wide Web or or what you know as the word World Wide Web was just one application that that was on the internet and that was the application that made it take off so it wasn't an overnight success and it's the same thing with Bitcoin because the um, The app that makes everyone know about it still hasn't arrived yet. And I think this is because people are still stuck on this um, narrative of Bitcoin as money. Um, And the way I see it is Bitcoin as money is, is just stupid because money exists and it's in a form of cash or credit cards and you have to... Basically, give something which is ten or hundred times better than cash or credit cards. For and cash and credit cards are used for everyday payments, and I don't think Bitcoin's good for everyday payments. So I said here that the potential of Bitcoin will come from applications in the enterprise space, where Bitcoin is will be used to timestamp enterprise transactions. This is so. Let's let's look at this first part. Bitcoin didn't re- replace uh, money, cash, or credit cards, and so I got that right, I'd say. Um, and Bitcoin time stamping transactions actually, I think I didn't get, I wasn't spot on here because it's you. Well, Bitcoin changed because Bitcoin. Um, was pretty much the only kid on the block at the time, but then ethereum came along and um and cardano and other and other like um uh decentralized platforms and blockchains and and they allowed time stamping for consumers so things like for example nfts time stamps transactions to prove ownership um yeah. So I I think I yeah. I've I got some of this. I got some of this right. There there are enterprise transactions of course. I think the thing I didn't see was that crypto would would be such a big thing in the consumer space. Okay, so moving on, by 2020 most large organization enterprise will buy bitcoin on a daily basis. I didn't get that right. I mean it's like they don't buy on a daily basis. I, I will just totally off there. Um, I think it will happen, but I think it will be in the background. So they won't even know they're buying it. Okay, then I told a bit about me and um, about Alex, who first told me about Bitcoin. I think he might be in the first M- maybe I I'd, I'd heard about it a bit before I'm not sure but he was he made me think about it seriously. So Okay. Uh, yeah, I did a bit of mining in the old days and I think it was just slowed the computer down so much because I didn't have a dedicated machine it was just my uh personal laptop. Then uh yeah, I lost uh almost everything in empty Gox or well, a lot anyway. Mm. Okay, so I was I was in Bitcoin for about 10 years. Um I knew about it and I've been in IT for over 30 years. Anyway, um I was talking about the co-authors as I mentioned earlier. Okay. Uh, what else? So, in the article, because everyone was talking about Bitcoin being money, um, I tried to define what money is Uh, any circulating medium of exchange, gold, silver, or other metal, any medium of exchange, any type of currency, capital to be borrowed, loaned, or invested. Okay, that's from a dictionary. So. We use money to pay for goods and services. We use it every day, but it actually has no value. It's just a promise that the money will be honored. Backed by guns and government. (laughs) Okay, So to be money, Bitcoin has to be able to store wealth, exchange it, and guarantee it. It can do all of these things. It can store wealth. You can send Bitcoin between people, between addresses, between wallets. You can exchange the wealth um, so it can be stored and then it can be moved from one place in the store to another. And it's also guaranteed because the database um, can't be changed using cryptography. I had a footnote at the time saying it could be broken at some point by quantum cryptography. Um, but it still hasn't been, as far as everyone knows, um, maybe in the future. And, um, yeah, I think there's going to have to be some work to make sure that Bitcoin can't be um, broken with quantum computers. So, it put it sti- so uh, from 2015, all of this is still true. Basically, it's saying that Bitcoin hasn't been hacked, B- basically. Basically. So it can be used as money. Bitcoin could be used as money since it's a store of wealth and it can be and that wealth can be exchanged between two parties. So uh, I said at the time that many people have bought into this Bitcoin as money notion and some companies even said oh we're going to accept Bitcoin and these days it's people like Tesla but in the old days I think Dell well, I don't remember this but <laughs> but Dell apparently in july twenty fourteen said they'll accept Bitcoin, but to me it was all fluff at that time because even if they got a million dollars a week of Bitcoin orders, that would have been fifty million dollars a year that w- That was nothing for dell who you know who had tens of billions of dollars i think a year in sale, so I think the only reason at the time people were saying they would accept Bitcoin was for the p r boost okay, so and then I um, talked again about Bitcoin being money, just a temporary phase. Well, it was never money, <laughs> basically. Um, but then I said, why? Well, wh- while it could be, well, while it technically is money, it could be used as money. In twenty fifteen, there was many problems with using it as money, and those problems were. It was too hard to use compared to credit cards. I mean, no one accepted it and you had to convert it to cash first and then um, you had to run um, uh, and, that, and that was hard enough. <laughs> so it was just too hard to use. You didn't have like all these Square Cash or whatever these Bitcoin credit cards or whatever they are today that you have. It was too volatile, much more volatile than today. And even today it's quite volatile. Um, It was too hard to store securely. Probably 90% plus of the early Bitcoin holders had their Bitcoin stolen. Myself, of course, (laughs) Um, included in that. Um, And I know many other people who lost everything. Uh, There was many unknown tax liabilities. Um, We'll talk about that another time as well. Um, but I, actually a lot of this is still true in a way, except maybe that now you have the credit cards and it wasn't instant to transfer wealth and that's still a problem today. I mean, you've got the 10 minute wait. Maybe people could use the lightning network or something, you know, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, but it wasn't a good currency in 2015 and even today it's not brilliant, but You've got some Visa Card options uh, from some companies, but I don't think there's any big mainstream banks that offer Bitcoin credit cards yet. And I think that's what that's what we need to have it as a, as an alternative to currency. But then it still has to get exchanged to dollars or pounds or whatever. Okay. Um I think even if Bitcoin was easy to use today it would still be terrible. Today, meaning 2015, simply because the price is too volatile. Mm, okay, I guess today, though, the price is less volatile, so it might be a little bit better if you have a Visa card and you've got Bitcoin behind it, you could use it to spend that Bitcoin. Um, and then I gave an example of the volatility you can see here January, it was so little, it <laughs> I can't, can't even, I just didn't, I just put zero. Um, One cent in wow in February, eight cents in 2010. Then it went to one dollar in 2011. It went up to 31 dollars by July 2011. Then it went down to two again. Wow. Then it went up to 13. I remember this, and I remember between December 2012 and April 2013, and I I remember Bitcoin being 80 to 90 dollars, and people saying. Oh, this is the biggest bubble in history. So everyone thought Bitcoin was totally overvalued at a um, hundred dollars, eighty to hundred dollars, basically two hundred sixty-six dollars. Then it went down again. <laughs> so you can see all these. These are just a few of the crashes. Um, then to a hundred, and then <laughs> one two fifty. Down again, crash. <laughs> This is like, so anyone who sees this volatility today and, and, you know, gets worried, this is just normal. It's probably been like 20 Bitcoin crashes in the last, maybe maybe more in the last uh, 12 years. And see, it's just down, up, down, up. Crazy. (laughs) I think 200 again in 2015. So, yeah, okay. So... The volatility is a double-edged sword. Consumers don't don't like it because it means you can't use it as a currency. Banks, however, can use the volatility to make money. And I think I got this right because consumers still don't really want to use... That, well, they still don't like the volatility. But Bitcoin's done amazing in the financial sector simply because it is so volatile. So now you have all these derivatives. And um, yeah, so I think I got this right. Volatile, yeah. Volatile markets can be good for some, um, and even the first Bitcoin ETF in, in the states. I think it's based on futures, so it's based on a derivative, not on actual Bitcoin itself. Anyway, um, so there was a use for Bitcoin, even though it wasn't good as money, it it did, at the t- in 2015, allow people to transfer money across borders um, and also let people do criminal stuff. Um, the criminal stuff, I don't think it's as big now, but the transferring across borders is definitely true because, you know, you can see a lot of people have taken Bitcoin money and crypto money across borders. Um, you know you don't have to stuff gold in your pocket I guess (laughs) this is this is what I've been reading Um, I I think there's still criminal stuff done with with Bitcoin but um, I don't hear about it as much as I did in the old days Um, and the ability to transfer money across borders could disrupt the international payment market of course companies like Western Union which charge a lot to transfer money, like 15-20% I think it is. I, I don't even know how much they charge. Maybe it's less now. Anyway, I think I I've got, I've got this kind of right. Um, another problem we have with using Bitcoin as a currency is that they're easy to steal. I, I mentioned this earlier so someone from china can steal from someone in the usa you can do that with money as well i guess but to keep the bitcoin safe you have to put them in cold storage and have only a small working amount for everyday use and this is this i got right this is true today and this is custody of bitcoin and you see the bitcoin banks that have come up um and You know, there's this narrative in Bitcoin that you get to be the bank yourself, but most people don't want to do that. I mean, most people can't even remember their four-digit pin code for their credit card. So, um, having to take on the role of, you know, with wallet hardware wallets and software wallets and cold storage, people just aren't going to do it. Um, And I think this is correct today. I mean, the companies that are making it easier for people to use Bitcoin are doing quite well. Um, So I did say that I thought by 2020 Bitcoin could become a good currency if it gets into more people's hands which did happen. Um, If it goes up and it fluctuates less that happened. If insured wallets become available and they they have actually because if you've got your if you've got like like, I don't know Coinbase credit card some bitcoin gets stolen from coinbase you're kind of insured against that because they take the loss i guess so that's kind of correct but you're just not insured by the government so it is actually a better currency today i suppose because of the bitcoin visa cards or master cards or whatever And then i talked about what causes the volatility yeah i think i've got this wrong i said this Well, th- it's correct what i've said here this constant sell pressure pressure because miners are always selling bitcoin but now that's changed now they're actually um holding a lot of the bitcoin as well um, but miners still have to pay for their mining so at some point they still have to sell their bitcoin even today at some point it's just that they have big uh, margins but once once those margins go down then they're going to be forced to sell them again um but but yeah maybe i was wrong maybe that's not what causes the volatility um i think this is just supply and demand you know it's a very very pure market and 24/7 you know the stock market it's like more, more 9 to 5, you know, Monday to Friday, but Bitcoin is 24-7 and most crypto is. Okay. Okay, so then I said, um, if Bitcoin isn't money, then what is it? And then I said, Bitcoin is just one application of, sorry, money is one application of Bitcoin. Um, and then I talked about the early days, being 2009 to 2012, which was the early days in those days. And I don't think myself included. I didn't think of Bitcoin as a currency. It's, it's a, I think the whole currency thing did come later, like in 2013 or 14, when it when it was talked about in the media. Um, I, I wrote about an example of a non-currency use when someone buys a house, and the two parties could sign the documents digitally and record it on the blockchain. That's starting to happen. I didn't, you know, it hasn't really. It's not really a big thing yet, but some companies are recording stuff on the blockchain, and this is kind of the NFT um, space today. So um, that started to happen. Anyway, then I talked about what is a blockchain and I basically vote it's um it's basically it's a really slow database and I said <laughs> it's like really slow, like millions of times slower than a relational database and trillions of times smaller capacity. So that's funny. And that's correct. That's correct today as well. And today you're you're starting to see blockchains with sharding capabilities so that they can store more data and and also faster blockchains like Solana. So, um, both of these things are starting to be um, addressed with other cryptos now, and also with some of the other Bitcoin like um, level 2 um, um, networks like uh, Sovereign and um, Stacks. Um, so, Sovereign, S-O-V-R-Y-N, and Stacks, S-T-A-C-K-S. Check them out. Um, Then I wrote the blockchain still in its early days, and as it happens, <laughs> it's today in its early days, and it didn't evolve much. Um, they took this um, path of don't change anything, but Ethereum came along later and just kept iterating and upgrading the network and stuff like that. Um, I did say in the old days that side chains could be made, which hang off the main Bitcoin blockchain to add scalability, and that's exactly what happened. So I think I got that spot on. Um, And then I just wrote that there's a whole load of non-currency applications. As I said earlier, the property deal. um, I said (laughs) this could bring in the paperless office, but I don't think it's going to happen. People like to read stuff on paper still. Uh, Anyway, then I said, and what's Bitcoin really worth? Well, I said the killer app is not currency and i said, "Oh and then I compared bitcoin to i p four now i p addresses are the numbers like when you go to um amazon dot com amazon dot com gets translated to an i p address and there's only a limited number of them and they were essentially free in the nineteen nineties like cryptocurrency was like in twenty in two thousand and nine um but now, a single IP address can be like $10 a month just to rent one. Um, so IP addresses, I think, are very similar to Bitcoin in many ways. Um, and I, I think just like IP addresses in the future, like like no one thinks of IP addresses today, it's just a technology. Um, and um, I think, think people will think about Bitcoin in the same way in the future, or so I thought. But, you know, I I didn't imagine that Bitcoin would still be in the headlines today. I just thought people would use it. Um, Anyway, I wrote that since there's a limited number of Bitcoins, they'll form a key component of the future transactional internet and then demand for Bitcoins will skyrocket. And this is happening. Yeah, this is definitely happening. Um, Companies are finding ways for storing data on the blockchain, but what I didn't foresee was alternative blockchains like Ethereum, Solana, FTM, um, Cardano, um, uh, Algorand, mm. and loads of others. Um, and uh, oh, spelling mistake. <laughs> um, saying that companies will buy Bitcoins. I said companies will buy Bitcoins early, and I said that's, mi- but then I said that's misleading. Oh, yeah, I, I said I think companies will buy Bitcoins indirectly much like domain name registrars offer transactional services so I think this is saying that people want to they want to use the services that Bitcoin like you know like like they want to use think services that Bitcoin enables but they don't care about the technology itself they want to do stuff like I want to close a deal for a house you know and I think this is true and this will be more so true as we go forward Um, I said a constant buy side demand will push the value of Bitcoins to very high levels. This is true, as it will not be consumers, but transaction companies and banks who are willing to pay tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars per Bitcoin. True. Starting to happen now, since each Bitcoin will allow several million transactions to be performed. And footnote six said that one Bitcoin is actually quite misleading. It's actually 100 million Satoshis, I think. So when you buy one bitcoin, you're really buying like a hundred million bitcoins, but people just don't think of it like that. Um, another thing that will push the price of bitcoin up is the cost to store bitcoins will be high. There's bitcoin, and this is a big one. Bitcoin storage companies will need paper wallets, vaults, security guards, insurance, and many things we associate with a traditional bank. People think bitcoin is dig- digital money. But because of it's so easy to steal it still in fact in some ways it needs higher security measures to store it than the normal cash and money and this is an ongoing cost which will only get more expensive um, as time goes on so then I finished to say so I'd not be surprised to see $1 one million dollar Bitcoin and, and and by the way today you do have security guards guarding Cold wallets for Bitcoin, so this has happened, and this is just going to increase. Um, I did see here the alternative scenario is if another cryptocurrency takes hold, and Bitcoin could go to zero. But so far, third-party integration to developers have chosen Bitcoin, so it's a clear winner. This I got this wrong: developers went to Ethereum, and um, but Ethereum didn't exist then, so yeah, I, I so I, I don't know what to say. So uh, I didn't predict Ethereum would come and Bitcoin wouldn't evolve, so um, I got that wrong in that way. I did say um, I wanted to give an alternative perspective to Bitcoin Um, and in the future large companies will support the infrastructure to store and maintain Bitcoins. And Bitcoins will become invisible to the rest of us and so they should and I hope they will. okay and that's it so I think a lot of this stuff um, I got got a lot of stuff right actually Um, I didn't foresee Ethereum and uh, you know I think I I was a Bitcoin maximalist when or a Bitcoin (laughs) onlyist, because it was the only game in town so um, yeah um, I I didn't realize all these other blockchains would come out and um, so I definitely didn't see that Um, okay so um, that was my thoughts from 2015 and uh um maybe I should write an update to this um i think it it's st- it stood up quite well um given given it was six and a half years ago so uh anyway thanks for listening um and um i, th- I don't think I've got anything to add uh, so i I'll, I'll see you next time thanks bye